Hello, everybody, and welcome to Crisis Point. And I believe we are on episode six or seven. I'm really bad at keeping up with this. Um, but I am here today with uh, with my co-host, Ben. Uh, Ryan is unfortunately uh, busy. He's, he's too busy for us. He couldn't make it. But uh, I, I'm taking over the host reins tonight, so that's going to be a very fun time. Um, uh, ben, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's 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 always fun uh, getting together, and uh, I'm 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 excited. We've we've got a really special guest uh, this evening, and uh, I'm I'm excited to have him on board. Yeah, we are joined today by uh, by Curtis Osborne, who is uh, playing in the uh, TTS league at the moment. And uh, whooping some butt with a force, <laughs> um, Curtis. How how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. My my children are all sleeping, and I get to talk about Marvel for a couple hours here. And so there's there's nothing better in the world than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. No, I mean this is pretty much as good as it gets. I think um, <laughs> right here, yeah. right now. If, if it's the dream, we're living it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh Ben what you been up to lately? Um I've actually been playing catch up right now. Uh so we've we've been putting together uh the Sentinels. I I, I got the Sentinel packs. Uh, um I put together Prime right away and threw them in some lists. Um but we've been slowly putting together uh the other Sentinels, putting them in funky positions and all that fun stuff. So we're uh I I've been playing catch up right now and some hobbying and uh, and also trying to get some prep games ready for for Everwinter. So uh, that's right around the corner, and I'm excited to to get to to go to that. How about how about yourself? Uh, you know, I've just been um, getting games in, trying out trying out new stuff. I uh, I lost two games in the league, um, which means I I'm I'm out of of the cut contention. Which is mm-hmm. a uh, which is a sad day, but I've been using that to uh, experiment a little bit more with uh, some shield shenanigans, uh, particularly with Thanos, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, outside of that, I've just been kind of deliberating, you know, what I want to play next. It's like I know for for the Everwinter tournament, I'm probably playing I'm playing my foes almost certainly, but. Um, you know, there's there's so many things calling out to me right now. Like there's this, you know, this Shield Thanos nonsense. There's Syndicate. There's um, even like Guardians have seemed kind of cool to me lately. But I don't ooh, know. Ooh, so I, I like I'm just kind of yeah. Guardians are fun, man. You just roll a ooh. bunch of dice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun, uh, and I've I've really enjoyed the uh, the the time to to experiment a little bit with with different stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and Curtis, you're doing pretty well in the TTS league. So, I mean, what, what, what have you been up to with Marvel? Yeah, I'm, I'm in full competitive mode right now. Um, yeah, I've been lucky to go four and oh so far in the TTS league, uh, with my a force roster. And then I'm also kind of using the league to prepare for a bigger tournament up here in Canada in Southern Ontario, think about 28 people are going to show up to that so that'll be my in person for the year and then uh going to lvo in january so uh it would be a great story for a force to do well in a tournament like that and i'm just i'm in full competitive mode not trying anything fun just taking this (laughs) game as seriously as i possibly can and and not enjoying it one bit 
<laughs> it was a very serious game. So. Uh, oh yeah, very <laughs> well, very serious. Playing with our dolls and throwing dice at each other, and it's uh, yeah. Uh, your your plastic toys have been uh, better than every other person's plastic toys, uh, um, and we we won't talk about our game um, of of how you 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 beat me up real bad, embarrassed me, and uh, I, I'm still still alive. I'm still technically alive in in the league. I, my my one loss is 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 to our esteemed guest. Uh, but I'll tell you what, and I don't know if if we'll we'll have a whole lot of time to talk about it. But uh, our our game, Curtis, was just. So it was so crazy, uh, and I had a lot of fun uh, playing with you. And it, it was just that was a wholesome. We had, we had some wholesome MCP. There was no Malekith. You know, you brought two Hulks, so well, you know, we'll we'll say that you were yeah. the jerk. But you know, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it was it was great. It was uh, we had we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that game. It was uh yeah, it was a great time and I was so close to having all of my people dead from your brotherhood squad. It was uh it was a clincher, that's for sure. It, it was until until clearly the most overpowered character <laughs> in the game, uh the two cost Black Widow <laughs> dazing both Magneto and Scarlet Witch uh in one so, round. So So I don't know if if Curtis knows this. I don't know if you told Curtis but I think it was like the day before that game. Yeah. Ben and I had a conversation where I was saying, man, I've really been liking Widow lately. I think I think I might start like trying to force her into my lists more. And what was it you said, Ben? You said she's not that she's, great, though. She's hot trash, I, I believe, is, is the word that I or the sentence that I said. She's hot trash. And next thing you know, she slaps Magneto and Scarlet Witch. And uh, I, I, I cried. It was good. <laughs> I cried Magneto tears. It was it was great. Yeah. So that that's uh that I guess that's what we've all been been up to. Yeah, though, no, the league has been has been not kind to me this this season. I'm three and two though, so I mean it's it's not really that bad as far it as bounce it back. Cuts. Yeah. Um I hope that they do the the like the redemption league again. That would be cool to play in. Mm-hmm. Um it would be a travesty having to figure out what I actually want to play for it, though, because I've just been all over the place. Um, but anyway, I think we have a segment that we need to do. Uh, we just have to get oh. it out of the way right now. Um, the one and only, the only reason anybody tunes in these days, uh, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. This is the dream. So last week we did, uh, we did Drax, and who, you know, great character, easily... Easily top 100 character. Easy. I would say. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, we figured some stuff out for Drax. But uh, C- Curtis, are you ready for Splash Mountain? I am so ready for this. <laughs> All right. I'm going to spin the wheel, guys. All right. It's <laughs> okay. Okay. What do this we is, got? This Ooh. is the great the anticipation. Oh, no way. Okay. All right. It was, it almost landed on War Machine. Uh, we have we have a uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, which is actually perfect because we have Curtis here play, who plays A Force. Um, granted, you have to think of something that is not A Force for this one, um, but uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. So, all right. Um, I mean, I think everybody knows Captain Marvel. Uh, she's in the core box. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a four threat character. Um, uh, three four three defense. She is. Uh, I mean, you know, she she's got some power. Um, 
dilemmas, and I think that's kind of what holds her back from from getting seen a bit more. So, but do, does anybody want to go first, or should I go first? I believe in you. I, I you got this. I I stalled for you last time, so you uh, you got this. <laughs> you stall for me this time. <laughs> I have to stall for you. Well, yeah. um, Captain Marvel. So I guess to start, she is affiliated with. A Force and Avengers, so th- those are are non options here. Um, I mean, as far as her kit goes, she she is a a proud holder of a of a size four medium throw character or terrain, which is always really great. Um, and she's got energy absorption, which is uh, a pretty cool passive ability. Where if you attack her with energy, um, she can she can stop you with wilds and get power for it. Um, and then she's got binary form, which just costs a bunch of power and uh, makes her kind of a beast for a whole turn and a half, maybe, <laughs> like until her next activation. Activation, uh, But, um, you know, I honestly, Captain Marvel. Uh, this is a lot of pressure here. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I hate going first. Um, I'm just, like, thinking in my head what exactly do I want Captain Marvel to be doing doing um she can fly she's immune to incinerate and poison oh geez um i can go if you want shane please go because i'm, it, I'm it, struggling it, here bail us <laughs> out bail, bail us out curtis i just i want to go first because if one of you takes mine i'm in trouble because <laughs> no matter what came up i was going with a force and uh you threw a curveball at me today so um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with shield. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, with some caveats here, I think Captain Marvel, the the more obvious approach is to put her somewhere that solves her power issues. Yeah. Which is why she fits very well in A Force. But I think in Shield, she has the ability to sit back in her kind of gunline style role there where she can get into binary form and get her range four energy attacks with full rerolls off. And she also brings a size four character throw that the other members of shield, other than maybe Iron Man's push don't really have a great way of getting a Hulk off a point or a Malekith. So I think she's got some synergy there. And then, you know, if we're going into the three box challenge world, and she comes in the core set, uh, being able to play the Air Force card with War Machine mm, as oh, kind cool. of a yeah. you know a follow me type play. Um, I think in maybe some less competitive settings, there's some play there. And I don't know offhand the interaction, but it's also possible her really good energy attack would work with a shield roster focused around Human Torch and mm. getting the energy benefits. Um, you know, immune to incinerate on Demons Downtown, which which that squad likes playing. So uh, I think Captain Marvel and S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be my my hot take for today. Okay. I think Curtis just, think Curtis just wins. That was uh, That's a great one. That's a really that good one. That was a great one. one. Yeah. It gave me yeah. time to come up with my answer. And I hope, Ben, I hope this was your answer because... Um, it, it better not be. I'll be really upset. I, got, so, I only got one. I only got one. I look at Captain Marvel... And in a lot of ways, she kind of reminds me of Rogue. Uh, she's a four threat who has that size four throw. Um, and Rogue is very commonly seen in Brotherhood of Mutants. 
So mm-hmm. uh, maybe if you wanted, um, you could throw Captain Marvel under Magneto-led Brotherhood of Mutants. So here's my reasoning. Um, Beyond the fact that, you know, it generates power, which is excellent for her, because ultimately, if you're looking at Captain Marvel and Brotherhood of Mutants, you'd probably be looking at something... You're not going to take her and Rogue, right? They're Mm -hmm. very very similar. Um, Having them both would be kind of weird. They're kind of filling a a similar role. Um, But uh, I think I can make the argument that Captain Marvel kind of does a little bit more with the power that she gets from that leadership than Rogue does, generally speaking. Um, He's still my beating heart. <laughs> and well, well, just because of binary form, like a, a, a Captain Marvel sitting with four power is is probably going to get a little bit more done than mm-hmm. a um, than a Rogue with four power. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Um, uh, on top of that, I mean, Brotherhood of Mutants, Magneto, she has a size four terrain throw uh, that throws medium. Yeah. She she fits right in there. And uh, most Magneto forces uh, are going to have a Juggernaut. Um, and one thing uh, about Juggernaut is that he's worst, uh, generally speaking, on his uh, on his healthy side as well. He's worst against energy. Um, and uh, ha- having a Captain Marvel there uh, to to kind of deploy across from some of these heavy energy attackers um could could be pretty interesting because i do know that rogue is also not great against energy um granted she does have that damage reduction so not that carol is going to be that tanky but uh i i do think there's some interesting approaches with captain marvel in in brotherhood of mutants just with the big throw you know using that power to get that binary form online um kind of taking advantage of the enemy probably wanting to stack energy at certain parts of the board so yeah, that's that's my take here. So now, um, Ben, what do you think? Well, I, I like it. You know, anytime we just talk about Magneto on the podcast is a win for me, right? Uh, so yes, I, I I think you know that's that's a great one. But hear me out. Are you ready? I'm going Dormammu. Oh, I, I'm going Dormammu. <laughs> uh, mainly for the exact reason that Curtis mentioned earlier. It solves some of her. Uh, some of her power problem without really having to take extra steps, uh, which is nice. Uh, and with Dormammu, it's really fun where you can really just splish splash anybody person that you want um, and have a lot of fun uh, with Dor- Dormammu. What I also really like about Captain Marvel uh, working alongside Dormammu uh, is it actually gives a really wonderful sacrifice play uh, into Carol because she is if you're going to get attacked by an energy attack um, you can sacrifice that uh, if it's targeting the Dormammu go into Carol instead and really feeding her while also helping out Dormammu uh, so I, I really like uh, Carol in uh, in Dormammu uh, also because you mentioned Magneto and that was going to be my, my pick so, I knew uh, it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah no I, I do like Dormammu I think I think that would be a good uh, good solution. Yeah, Dormammu gives uh, quite a bit of power, and she spends it really quickly. So uh, Yeah, yeah, she can spend it, so hopefully she's yeah. not hurting herself. Yeah, if you ever have too much power, just pop binary form and throw something, and you're good. <laughs> yep, problem solved. Um, and she's got a great spender, too. I think Rocket Punch is cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I guess that concludes uh, Splash Mountain here today. Um, 
a really fun one. We keep just getting all-star characters here for this. I think we went Daredevil, Drax, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's probably the... Uh, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. She's oh. probably one of the better characters we've gotten. Not that, And she doesn't get splashed, really, so... Um, I guess yeah, I, I would probably... Myself. I would say, yeah, out of... Now, I mean, her update has definitely helped her a whole bunch. Um, I think we've seen a little bit more splashing of Captain Marvel than we did originally, because said her binary form being five cost originally you know out of the core box um was was just too much for a lot of teams you know um at that state of the game um so her her update i think has allowed her to see a lot more play and then of course a force coming um she's she's great and and actually i think you know we saw this uh when we talked to uh, folks like matt alex who have been taking uh, Captain Marvel as an anti-Malekith uh, piece. I mean, Curtis, you you had mentioned, um, you know, he's she's she pretty good at, at dealing with the Malekith problem as well. Yeah, I think A Force is is her best home, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm devastated that I didn't get to to say A Force for Splash Mountain, but uh, <laughs> but I'll move on. I'll move on. It's okay. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, was, yeah. uh, go ahead. Well, we. No, so we we know A Force is her true home, so it's uh, uh, it's it's a we just need to find a home away from home. That's all. Yeah. So Curtis is Captain Marvel in your current A Force roster? No, she's not. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on! Is she? Is she like? I'm guessing that would mean she's probably like an eleventh or twelfth choice, maybe. Yeah, she she is in. Almost every A-Force roster that I've played, um, we'll talk about it later. I'm going a bit of a different direction with them, kind of experimenting in a new way to play them that seems to be working well. And she just doesn't really have a home in that. Uh, but, you know, she's she's pretty much a staple as the only four-threat-affiliated flyer to special delivery She-Hulk. And mm-hmm. uh, gets pretty nasty having two size-four character throws with power generation leadership to get it going. So... It, that that style is very effective. Yeah, that uh, that checks out. I'm I'm sad to hear that uh, she she's not part of your your uh, your ten right now. But I I, I guess I understand. Um, so uh, I guess let's move on to our our next topic, which is we're going to talk a little bit about some Weapon X stuff before we get to the main uh, bit of our of our conversation here. Because uh, first of all, since the last episode, Sabretooth has been uh, revealed to us, and all of the Weapon X cards got leaked. It wasn't even, like, an official reveal. They just kind of... Somebody just posted them. <laughs> just oop- oopsie. Yeah, oopsie yeah. daisy. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, anyway, uh, so I guess we can talk about... Let's start with uh, Sabretooth, and then we'll go to the cards, because um, Sabretooth, I think, got posted a little bit more recently than the, mm-hmm. the cards um so ben do you want to start talking about Sabretooth a little bit do i ever i love Sabretooth, and and to be specific Sabretooth the apex predator um Sabretooth the yeah. apex predator is a is a four threat uh just like his his other version uh Sabretooth. uh and he is a, a defense 
four, three, four, uh, four physical, three energy, and four mystical, with seven health, size three, uh, and he gets a little bit slower in his apex predator. I would say more methodical. He moves from from going long to to medium, but that's okay because he's got some other really neat stuff. His claw slash is a range two, five dice uh, builder, so he's going to gain power equal to damage dealt, and it has a pierce and bleed on a wild trigger. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Just love it, and uh, uh, this—he just gets—he gets better. Just the more you go down this card, I love it, and I also love the picture on the card. Uh, his spender attack is a two-cost spender, guys. It's a two-cost spender, range three, six dice, pierce and bleed, and hear me out—he gets to place himself one after the attack. Ah, oh, I just. I just love it so much. It's just so, so amazing. Uh, and his superpowers, uh, he has catch runt, mm, catch runt, three cost, uh, superpower uh, that he can throw enemy characters size three or less and throw medium. Uh, throws medium. He has a primal pounce, uh, three cost, where he throws himself medium, uh, uh, where he can collide. And if he collides into a terrain feature or a character, uh, he does not suffer damage. The only weird superpower that he has, in my opinion, is his last one, uh, which is Stop Squealing and Die. It's a four-cost superpower that if he spends that four power, he can add three dice to either his his Builder Attack Claw Slash or his Spender Attack Bloodthirsty Onslaught. Uh, And as Sabretooth does, he has Healing Factor. Uh, And I believe uh, the only change on his backside is he goes from seven health to six health. I think, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if you couldn't tell, love me some Apex Predator. <laughs> uh, I, if I wasn't a catch em all MCP person where I, I literally just buy everything because I have a problem, um, someone please help me, um, is, uh, I, I, I would buy this, this set, um, mainly just for, for Sabretooth. I love Sabretooth. I will tell you, he is in my 10 Brotherhood. Just the second I saw this card, I slapped him in my 10. Uh, who cares about all of this power that people have complain- been complaining about? He won't ever have the power for anything. Magneto says, throw a couple things, and you've got the power for days. I love Sabretooth. I think he's going to be a great four threat uh, that can is going to be surprisingly fast, uh, you know, I've seen a couple comments that people are upset that he's lost his long move, um, but his placement after a range three attack is amazing. Alongside being able to throw himself medium, come on! Ah, just I just love Sabretooth. Uh, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with with Sabretooth. <laughs> this is uh, it's cool to see so- another size three like pounce from a like like a medium size three pounce. Um, because Goblin, Injured Goblin, was the only one that can do that. And I keep seeing people say that this is the first time we've seen this, but that is not true. Um, yeah, Injured but, Goblin. Yeah, yes, crazy every, Goblin. Everybody forgets about Injured Goblin. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I think he's he's pretty good. I don't know if I share the same level of enthusiasm for, for Sabretooth oh. as you do, Ben. But, uh, I mean, I love what he is able to do with power. Um I do have slight concerns that it might take him a little bit to ramp up in the early game, maybe. But um, I, I think ultimately he, he's he's probably going to see a lot of play. 
um, as a uh, as a four threat attrition piece, um, kind of just a straight attrition piece, really. So I mean, he's competing with like Killmonger, Gamora, the other mm-hmm. Logan now. Um, yeah. And and kind of that's where where I think you have to to measure him up against. Um, I don't know if he's going to get going as early as those characters can, uh, other than maybe, other than like a Killmonger, I'd say he's probably, uh, you know, on the same level there. But um, it, once he gets power, like you said, there's a lot that you can do here. I mean, he has he basically has a superpower that says. If you have too much power, here you go. Have some extra <laughs> dice, um, and and that's about it. Um, the pounce is amazing. Once he gets that pounce online, I think his his kit is just uh, and I don't know. Uh, and I I say he's a pure attrition piece, but he does have you know um, a, a character throw, which is mm, odd. Mm. Um, it's French kiss. Mm, it's mm. just a character throw. It's not a terrain throw, which I think is. Is Medusa the only other one that has that, where it's only a character? There's there's a couple there's a couple characters who just have characters. Um, I can't name them all. I can't, top, I can't top name top one. Hat. But um, Let me Curtis, check. what do you think? Well, while Ben, looks. yeah, I think it's funny that we just talked about Captain Marvel because playing Captain Marvel often you have to decide. Are you going to do her spender that staggers someone? Are you going to throw a size four? Or are you going to go into binary form? And I think what's interesting about Sabretooth is he's got a very strong control ability with his ability to throw a size three character medium. Mm -hmm. He's got a very strong um, mobility ability (laughs) where he can pounce medium. You know, if he wants to go medium three times in a turn, he can. And... Then he also has a really strong damage ability that's like She-Hulk's that adds dice and uh, you know isn't affected into a Malekith by the no reroll clause. He just straight up adds dice, gets to count crits. And what I find is a character like this, you're not going to be able to do everything, but because he has that mobility control and damage, I think he's going to be really effective at doing whatever he needs on that turn even if it's only one of the things on the card. Um, The other thing I can see is if he starts a turn with three power and he's able to pounce into someone and then do his builder a couple times, if he can daze that character and finish his turn with all the power he got from the builder, I think that's how you're going to see his power refreshing every turn and getting going. Uh, But I think realistically... He's going to probably do one of those superpowers every turn, but it's going to be the one that's the most impactful, whether it's scoring points or moving across the board or just going into someone with a lot of dice. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it, it is interesting how, like we, we you were mentioning how Captain Marvel, who is another character with, you know, another fourth threat character with power issues, is kind of making like these tough choices of which of my expensive things do I want to do? Whereas Victor is, if he has three power, he can pounce onto you and and suddenly he's in range now to, to builder you and the power he's getting from that, from getting a double builder off is, is maybe giving him the power to get his throw off or his spender. 
And so he, he can kind of, you know, ha just having three power is a huge thing for this character because it enables him to get in and hit you and get the power that he needs to do his other cool things. Um, and on top of it all, he has healing factor, which uh, mm. seven, mm. seven, six for his health. Um, so 13 total with healing factor. He is uh, very good. Uh, he's got mobility. He's got control. He hits like a truck. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to uh, to say anything bad about about this character, and we're gonna get into it. He has an amazing tactics card too. So, um, yeah, a lot to love. Ben, did you find another character throw? Just character I did throw. No, I did not. I it was it's just Med it's just Medusa, uh, uh, Goblin, and now Sabretooth. Um, or not? Oh, sorry. Uh, that's the pouts. It's just Medusa and uh, and Sabretooth. Wow. So, um, Super random. Why can't he throw yeah. like a car? <laughs> uh, well, so here, so hear me out. This, 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 this is what I love about his character throw. Is one of the the most frustrating things when you're playing Magneto are these size one things that you don't want to be spending, you know, more power than you have to to deal with them and to get that extra damage. Mm -hmm. So now you actually have a, a character Sabretooth, who's got this character throw, which we don't have a lot of character throws in, uh, in the affiliation uh, without splashing, you know, too much um, where you can interact with that size one where, where now Sabretooth can throw a character and bonk them into that size one thing, deal that extra point of damage and refund that throw. So the way you need to think about that that character throw is if you're bonking somebody off of a size one, it's a two cost character throw. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I love about it. Um, hear me out. Magneto, Juggernaut, Rogue, Sabretooth. At 19 points, uh, I have I have Sabretooth pounce online on turn one. That's a lot. Because ju ju Juggernaut runs into something. Magneto walks up, throws something. Now already Pounce is online, ready to rock and roll. I mean, if you can get uh, Pounce online turn one, there's no doubt he's going to contribute I, early I, on. I'm, I, I'm, oh, it's it's going to be great. It's, I love it. Um, and, and honestly, it's funny that like we're talking about how good he seems. Um, it is, uh, it's noteworthy that you know he can't throw terrain. Um, but we don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Um, yeah, it's it's, and you can deal with that pesky size one stuff that you don't want. I don't want to spend, you know, three power off a of Scarlet Witch to throw a size one. I don't mind spending three power off of Sabretooth to throw some jerk into a size one thing to break it. And uh, I, I I love it. It's I'm a happy camper. Uh, all you. <laughs> All those Sabretooth, all those, all my brotherhood folks who are hating on this Sabretooth, you're wrong. Magneto is disappointed. There's always room for mutants is in the brotherhood. Is anybody hating oh, on the Sabretooth? I have not seen that. There there have been a couple of my, my, dare I say, dare I say, weak in the faith brotherhood members. Okay. Who have, right. who have been, who have been doubting in the, in the Sabretooth apex predator uh and and i'm i'm telling you he's 
he's going to be great in Brotherhood. He's probably, I, I will say, you know, for for those listening, he will most li- I will be surprised if he's affiliated. Uh, he shouldn't be affiliated. No, he, I, I'm, he won't be. There's no way. I it would be it would be weird if he's affiliated and Logan is not affiliated with X Men. Uh, He'll probably only be Weapon X, right? I can't imagine. That's what anything, it should. But that's what it should be. That's what it should be. But you know, even then, um, we know he's a Brotherhood member at heart. We know. Well, uh, moving on to other. Um, other uh, Weapon X-related things. We have uh, six cards here um, that were were leaked. Uh, and I'm just going to... Well, first of all, I mean, one of them is exceptional healing. Um, so yeah. I mean, we, don't, we can skip that. But uh, we have the leadership here. So I'm just going to read that really quick. And we can talk a little bit about it. Um, it's an interesting leadership Um to say the least. So it's called, are you sure you Well, the leadership isn't called that, but the, it's a tactic card. Um, the tactic card is called, are you sure you want to remember? Um, it is, uh, so after deployment, uh, Laura Kenny or James Logan, Howlett may play this card. Um, uh, the character that played this card gains three memory tokens and the following leadership ability, uh, it was you. So leadership is called it was you. <laughs> uh, so when an allied weapon X character is targeted by an attack, you may remove one memory token from this character. If it does, it adds two dice to its defense roll. Then after the attack is resolved, if no damage was suffered as a result of the attack, the allied character may advance short towards the attacking character. Uh, additionally, when an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, this character gains a memory token and uh, this character may have a maximum of three. Whew. So, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of words. A lot of words. <laughs> I'm winded. Um, and uh, so, okay. So, it, X23 or uh, Logan. I mean, it, I guess it's... I don't think Wolverine is going to be affiliated, but it says James Logan Howlett. It's probably just Logan. Uh, let's not read into that. Not that it matters. Um but uh yeah so what do we think <laughs> it's a lot i, I th- yeah you go ahead. you start yeah i think that this might be better than a lot of people are giving it credit for i would have to feel it out on the table and get a sense for it but um i think this maybe is not an every game card, but it does a couple things for some of these affiliated members that's probably helpful. One thing I saw on some of the discords was it can help with the um, the weakness to Mystic for a lot of the Weapon X characters. I think X-23 and Honey Badger have only two Mystic defense, and if you are taking some heavy fire from Mystic, it could be good to boost that up to four dice a couple times a game. And then I think the other thing is with these tactics cards and some of these abilities, these characters have a lot of out of activation movement. And if I was attacking into one of these characters, not on a point, I would be really hesitant to put dice into them. If I knew they had the ability to add dice and potentially move small, if no damage was done. So I think it might be one of those leaderships where it takes some practice But over time, just the threat of it is going to cause opponents to really hesitate throwing attacks into them. 
uh, knowing that there's potentially some of that movement coming afterwards that could really hurt. Um, and I, I don't know if it's worth the tactic card spot or not. I don't love that it's not like the Convocation one, but I can definitely see some potential play for this, and it'll be one of those cards that could either be terrible or awesome, depending on how it actually is on the table. <laughs> yeah, Ben, what do you think? Yeah, well, we uh, we we got a practice game in uh, with Weapon Next. Was it yesterday? I think it was Shane. And um, yeah, last couple of days. Yeah, I think yeah, last couple of days. And um, I brought this card uh, with with Logan as my uh, is my leader. And, and Curtis, that was generally my thought process as well. Uh, I I think it's an interesting design feature. Uh, I guess I will say that you know that we're seeing affiliations who are taking up some you know or leaderships I should say that are taking up tactic card spots that are just kind of like okay-ish, right? Like the first of the Black Order is is interesting. You know, I don't know if it's great, you know, uh, or worthy of a tactic card spot. You know, the ever coveted tactic card spot. Um, but I, I will say, um, in in the one game that that we've played, and, and some of the theory crafting, um, it makes some of these characters that are a little bit more vulnerable um, surprisingly tanky. Um, you know, X twenty three was able to survive probably a little bit more than she should have uh, after getting incinerated by Cable, and um, and it kind of comes down into a dice game. And and you're exactly right, Curtis, where the threat of now. A pretty fast character is just even faster, um, and people are, I think are going to learn really quickly, especially with the Logan and also Sabretooth. These abilities where they can place themselves after the attack is going to make these guys way faster than they appear on their actual cards. Um, that was what we saw in, in, in our game. Uh, the couple of times I've played, I've played with Logan a couple of times since they've revealed him and um, the dude is hopping all over the place. Uh, and I, and I, and I love that about him. So uh, I don't, I, I think you're right. I don't know if I bring it every game, especially if you get matched up, you know, in some, some poor matches, you know, like they have heavy mystic, God forbid, if you're a weapon X player uh, and you're running into, into convocation, uh, you're just going to be sad. Right. So uh, yeah, that's my thought. So one thing I really don't like about this, outside of the obvious that it takes up a tactic card slot, which is brutal, um, there are certain teams that, and I guess, you know, you you could argue that this kind of, um, it's, it's sort of like the miles leadership and that it's, it's main goal is offering extra survivability. Um, this is adding defense dice, which is uh, a little different. Um, but like, say you're playing against like, like this, I guess the miles leadership stuff with web warriors, like that's very much a control team. Um, whereas I feel like, uh, like, like if you're, you're playing web warriors, there's, you're not going to run into many other teams that are out controlling you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think weapon X is going to be a very mobile attrition team more so than than a uh, than a control team so 
they're you're, you're gonna you can actually i guess the point that i'm getting to is you can run into teams that are that are going to be able to win games against you by control uh methods rather than attrition and are therefore not going to be relying on you know rolling dice and and, and getting good dice results like through oh, attacking you yeah. and yeah. in those situations the leadership is not super helpful um because it's it's only coming through when you're getting attacked and there's limitations on it on top of that D- does this make sense what i'm saying yeah um, and that's maybe you know because being an a force player primarily i have a leadership that really you only benefit from when your opponent does damage to you and there might be some benefits of having a tactics card leadership but if you're in a matchup where you know your opponent isn't going to be attacking you a lot then you just don't have to take the card so mm-hmm. rather than being hamstrung to an affiliation that's completely reliant on you know a leader where you only have one of them in your roster then maybe that's where this affiliation has to pivot from cards like exceptional healing or this leadership to more of those hunting down cards that allow them mm. to put their attrition in place when they're, you know, against those more scenario oriented teams. Yeah. And I think they have enough uh, cards here already that playing them leaderless is not, you know, outrageous like it is for some other teams. Yeah. Um, it's a good point. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it at all. Um, I don't hate that approach. It, the card is definitely a bit weird because innately you kind of don't have agency. If anything, the place where I would want to use this, I know you guys were talking about like filling like, like weaknesses, like with the, um, like the mystic situations for Logan, I'd be really tempted to use this against like, if your opponent ever throws out like a really weak attack, like a four dice attack, um, to, to take your defense from four to six against that, just to like really hammer in the possibility that you know you might not take any damage and you might actually get this advance off um that's kind of interesting to me like if i'm playing yeah. mysterio again like i'm trying to hit um Sabretooth, who has four mystic defense and he uses a memory token so i'm rolling four dice against his six and i need to do damage to him to to get my trigger off and if i don't do damage to him not only am i not getting that off but he gets to move towards me and mm-hmm. it's just like that can get pretty rough. Um, but I know a lot of people, you know, probably see this and they want to save their memory tokens for, you know, the big Malekith attack when he comes charging in and ruining your day, but which which is also valid. Um, that's just a thought that I I had. Yeah. No. I think I think both are make make a lot of sense. And I think that's the flexibility of the card. Mm-hmm. Um but I I I hadn't thought about it. Curtis, what you had mentioned, you know, of just this gives you some freedom in that you you can actually flex away from it, unlike the situation that you've had, you know, in a couple of your games where you're like, oh, I guess I'm stuck <laughs> with, yeah. you know, with the, the, this, mm-hmm. this leadership and people can really work around it where uh, as a astute Weapon X player, uh, you can be aware of, you know, what your, your matchup is and kind of move away from it. So, I'll, yeah, that. It's an interesting take. I didn't actually think about that. So uh, next up, we've got Call the Pack, which is um, another Weapon X card. This is a reactive card. Uh, so when an allied Weapon X character removes damage from itself, it may spend two power to play this card. The character that played this card advances short 
Then all allied characters within three of it may advance short towards the character that played this card. So there's a lot of movement shenanigans here, you know, um, on top of the characters already being kind of fast on their, you know, on their own right. Um, it, so when you remove damage, which is happening very frequently, I don't know if you've noticed, but these these characters all have healing factor. Um, and you know, I don't know if you're you're gonna be running like a, I don't know, I don't maybe people play Wong or something, or they're you know more realistically that maybe they're running patch up, um, but it's not even really necessary because you've you've got called you've got your healing factor stuff, um, and you're gonna have a lot of opportunities to trigger this, um, and it's kind of like. It's like an Avengers Assemble or a To Me My X-Men, but mm-hmm. what I like about it is, first of all, only the character that, that is healing is paying the two power, and all allied characters and then three of it can then make a move, even though only two power is spent. And it's not just Weapon X characters that can also move after the person that played the card. It's it's any yeah. allied characters, so really interesting there. Um I I do I do like that. Um it relies on your moving damage from yourself. So I mean I, I'm sure there's there's gonna be shenanigans here, but yeah, I like it. And, and it gives you another move. And it you know, on top of maybe you just move twice and you, you, you were hurt and then you healing factor and play this card and then you move again and then other people move again. Um and and your allied characters moving uh, within the, or the, yeah, the allied characters that win three of you happen after you make that first short advance. So you can move within three of some other characters with the card, and then they get to move towards you. So uh, there, there's probably a lot of play with this card, like yeah. uh, that people are going to tap into, and that's that's pretty exciting. What do you guys think? I, I like it. I think you you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, one of my favorite things has got Lady Deathstrike on the card, so I think that'd be cool. Uh, and Maverick. Uh, so here, here's we're hoping for Lady Deathstrike and Maverick, right? Well, there you go. Yeah, I I think that this card, in some ways, it, it's going to depend on the scenario. But I think one path Weapon X could try is playing scenarios like uh, Terrigen or Mare Fisk where at the end of the round, they're going to have a damage put on their characters potentially, and then that secure is going to move to a different location. And there might be some play on something like this or cubes where you know it does damage as well at the end of the turn, where your Weapon X characters are going to be able to activate first, have a damage on it from the scenario, and be able to do their turn, heal the damage, and then bring all of their allied characters that are around onto the new location of the Terrigen Mist or the uh, Fisk portals there. Um, so that that might be a corner case, but I would be interested in maybe exploring that. Same thing with something like Intrusions as a secure. Again, it's that map C where you're forcing the fight in the middle, and you know if they go through a portal they can take a damage from that secure and then be guaranteed to have a damage that'll get healed up at the end of the turn. Mm. But I just think, you know, this just really contributes to that out of activation movement, 
uh, getting something like Honey Badger positioned in the right spot where she can taunt or, you know, reduce their dice. Uh, I just think there's going to be some plays with this. I really wish it didn't cost two power uh, because on turn one, it would be really cool to play no matter the cost and you know, have a bunch of characters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if there were a bunch of characters hiding on a back gamma point and on your last activation, you know, you could no matter the cost move to the middle and then bring all of them forward to flood the middle on that point. I think that would be really cool. Uh, so maybe there's some jank to go on there, but overall, I think it just contributes to their out of activation movement and they might be able to take advantage of some of the scenarios or secures they want to run to guarantee some damage on them, uh, to start their turns. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's, it's unfortunately, it, I, cause I thought about no matter the cost as well and, and kind of went through that same thought process. It doesn't look like there's... It's going to be hard to pull off turn one shenanigans with this card, which I know a lot of people love doing turn one shenanigans with cards like this. Um, and it looks like it's going to be more of a mid-game, you know, back pocket, super, like, not super, but, like, situational big play moment. Um, but it's it certainly looks like it has the potential to be a major impactful uh, tactic card which is uh, very exciting. Uh, ben, did you want to add anything about Call the Pack before we go to the next one? Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, as, as Curtis was saying, he looks at, you know, uh, Gamma, Demons, Intrusions, you know, those central located um, crises, 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 what's the plural crises, of it? Crises, uh, crises, 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 uh, <laughs> will be interesting. Um I also think maybe with maybe we transition to the next card with the dossier. Um, it gives them some movement to kind of go get that, uh, which I think both the, the you know the last the the leadership and this uh, call of the pack help you get to the dossier a little bit faster, which I think is going to be a big kind of secondary objective for the Weapon X teams. Do you want to do the dossier? Do you want to go over that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually really this is one of my favorite things about the whole uh the whole affiliation and this is another uh lots of lots of words so so bear with me uh the dossier is a weapon x uh card during the first power phase an allied logan the wolverine Sabretooth the apex predator or x23 can character may play this card your opponent chooses one of their characters and is, is and is now holding the dossier an asset objective token if an allied weapon X character is holding this token, its movement speed becomes long and it adds two dice to its attack rolls. Any character may use the following interactability. Pick up this uh, token. Additionally, the character that played this card gains the superpower shown below called Give Me That. When the attacking character holding the dossier token, this character may modify or reroll skull results and may re-roll any number of attack dice at the start of this character's activation if there is an enemy character holding the dossier token within two of this character this character must uh, its character's first action must be an attack action against this character if able it is a lot it in in summary <laughs> 
Logan the Wolverine, Sabretooth the Apex Predator, or X-23 uh, can get kind of a secondary uh, passive ability called Give Me That against a character uh, that is holding the dossier. Um, however, any Weapon X member holding the dossier can get an additional benefit of moving long and adding two dice to its attack. I think this is a neat, uh, a neat card. It does get very interesting. Uh, your opponent gets to place the dossier on one of their own characters. Um, so they can kind of mitigate against the person who played this card. Um, I think it's really fun. I actually love this card really just for the, the flavor of um, what Weapon X is trying to do. You know, if it's some sort of secret or they're trying to get their memory back or whatever. Uh, in Shane and I's practice game, we had a hilarious moment. Uh, Shane played, had the unfortunate uh, pleasure of playing X-Force. Uh, that was his choice, though, not mine. Not, not uh, <laughs> and Cable, his Cable... Uh, at, at one time was holding the dossier chimichangas and a montessi book <laughs> uh, so he just he just had all of the extra things uh and and i loved it that was hilarious when he died it was like um it's like uh like when you're playing sonic and like you step on a spike and all the coins come out That's it's just it like. nice little loot pinata just you know yeah. all the loot just popped out uh so I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, my goal that game was to kind of force Cable to, well, either you, you head towards Logan, uh, who I played the, the dossier card off of, and knowing that he's going to come get you, or go towards the rest of my team who can still kind of gain the benefit uh, as, their, as their Weapon X uh, affiliated. So uh, I, think, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think the, the balance with the team is going to kind of revolve. I, I think Logan's a great character and, um, but we're seeing some tactic cards and kind of some mentality of everybody rushing together, staying together and Logan loses the, on the hunt ability. Um, it potentially can hurt other people. So it's, um, I think that'll be an interesting dance to dance with weapon X, but I, I, I really, that, I like this. Card. Yeah. I was going to say, I think dossier, if you're using it, I think Logan is the, best character to put it on i think he's going to have the least trouble getting around the board quickly and, and mm -hmm. kind of getting onto that character um ultimately this means that like for me if i'm playing dossier i'm playing it with logan which means i'm deploying logan in the center of the board because if you put him on a flank your opponent's just going to pick a character on the opposite flank to hold the dossier um whoever happens to be the tankiest one um, but either way, you know, it's, that's not always the, the tankiest character on the, on the enemy team. Or sometimes the enemy team doesn't have a big tanky character. Most will have at least one, but you know, um, and sometimes you're going to be able to dictate that matchup on the board. But, um, I definitely wouldn't put it on Sabretooth. I think he's probably the, like without power, he's the slowest of these three. Uh, X-23 isn't particularly fast either, but, you know, you can claw rush. You can get that no matter the cost claw rush turn one to kind of get her mobility kicking a little bit. But um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's it's bad at all. Um, it definitely, it's fun. It, ha it adds this unique little mini game. Mm -hmm. 
which it, it is unfortunate that your opponent um, will be choosing who has the dossier. That that level of, uh, I guess, that lack of agency is pretty un- unfortunate uh, from a competitive standpoint. But I guess th- there's a couple ways you can look at it. It's either like a, a wider team, in which case there's a lot of people they can put it on um but chances are they are not the tankiest unless there's like a lizard or a luke cage which even then i mean logan hits really hard or it's like a taller team and if they want to put it on their tankiest character that's probably a higher threat character that they don't want to like have to avoid certain areas of the board with um so there there is some interesting um like dynamics in play with with the dossier uh curtis do you have any thoughts on this i i think again this is another one of those cards where you kind of test it and understand the psychology of it because if an opponent gets really afraid of the character who has the dossier getting killed and giving you know wolverine or whoever that ability if this card read you know your opponent has to play two threat down because they're going to put it on their weakest character and run to the corner in fear, then that's mm-hmm. a great card, right? Yeah. Or they put it on someone big, and it's like, well, now this big character has a weakness from turn zero, and they're always going to be worried about getting them in the fight. So there might be some psychology here where you're forcing one of your opponent's characters on turn zero in a really bad position, and even if it is just kind of a throwaway two threat, if that two threat isn't able to uh, pick up an extract, uh, they don't want to be an attractive target. You know, your opponent might be playing a couple threat down, and just that psychology may make this card really effective. Let let, let me ask, as our residential Hulk expert, um, would you seeing Logan? Let's say, let's because I I do think that Logan is probably going to be the the recipient of this card probably the most. Would would you put the dossier on She-Hulk or Hulk, knowing that Logan is the recipient of it? <laughs> well, it's it's a good question. Um, I would have a hard time. You know, you either go that route, or I would put it on someone like Black Widow, and mm-hmm. I would try to grab an objective and just run away because she kind of does that anyway. Right. Um, but again, it, it puts me in a tough situation where it's one or the other. And I don't know if I love either option. <laughs> and that's where um, that's where it might create some interesting situations, especially if the secures are something like a C or in the middle where they're high scoring secures like the split C's or gamma. So I don't really want to have characters running away. And, and that's why I think this whole package might give them an advantage on those types of situations. Um, and I think you're exactly right. If Wolverine is wanting to be on his own, there's less of an opportunity cost for him going and hunting down someone with the dossier if they are trying to run away. So could be a really interesting card as you try it more and figure out what it does to your opponent's game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's it's interesting. I'm I'd like to see it get used a little bit more once it you know, once Weapon X is fully out um because i think it is probably a little bit better than what i thought the first time i looked at it uh it just creates weird situations so um 
let's get through these quick. So we've got Happy Birthday Runt, which I wanted to talk about briefly because I love this card. I think this is probably my favorite card um, out of the six that got revealed here. Uh, so um, Victor Creed can spend three power to play this card. Uh, choose an enemy character within range three of, uh, and an LOS uh, with an activated token. Victor Creed immediately makes the attack shown above targeting the chosen character. So it's ambush. Uh, range three, uh, six dice. Um, the defending character does not benefit from cover, and they cannot use reactive superpowers or uh, uh, reactive team tactic cards during this attack. And then if it targets Logan... Um, that he tar he drops all of his objectives that he's holding. That part is flavor, whatever. Um, but really, it's it's an extra attack that first of all doesn't use an action. Granted, it's you know you have to attack somebody with an activated token, so it's not that easy. But also, it doesn't have to be done during Sabretooth's turn. So you can attack somebody, and then later in the turn, if there's somebody within three of them with an activated token. Uh, Sabretooth can can smack him. So, and also, am I wrong, or does this, can this be? It can be used by both, yeah, because yeah. it's just Victor Creed. Yeah, it's just the Victor other Creed. And it's an unaffiliated card, so you can use it elsewhere. Um, and I, I will say playing Cassandra Nova and using Mental Domination a lot, not, not that this is as good as that, but... Um, having the ability to get three attacks off and an activation with a character is just so big. Um, and I think for Sabretooth, who hits so hard already, uh, having this extra attack just kind of in your back pocket, um, they can't use reactive powers. Like, no defensive tech is getting involved here other than, like, passive defensive tech. Um, I, I think this is really good. I'm I'm a huge fan of this, and I think anybody that is playing Sabretooth or, you know, Victor, uh, I guess either Sabretooth, I should say, um, is probably going to start using this card. I, at least I would. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but that's, that's, I'm really high on this. Uh, ben, yeah. Uh, go first. Yeah. So uh, this is probably the, one of the cards that I, I'm probably not going to run in in my Brotherhood Sabretooth um, for for either Sabretooth to, to be honest. Um, Boo! I know. You're wrong. Yeah, You're wrong. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and I'll just say that's that's because there's just too many other good tactic cards um, that this doesn't wow me enough to to replace one of the other uh, on my ten. So. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, probably Weapon X. Like, if I'm doing a Weapon X roster, it might see the roster. Um, but if I'm if I'm taking either Sabretooth in my Brotherhood team, um, I'm, I'm not going to be playing this card. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I know. Come on. Curtis, back me up here. You know you I, think it's good, don't you? I mean, I think in an affiliation <laughs> that has a ton of out-of-activation movement, having out-of-activation attacks on top of that gets pretty nuts. Um, and I can imagine playing this, even with original Sabretooth, on turns where an opponent attacks into them, you can do the aggressive and, you know, attack into them again. 
and then play a card like this. I mean, it, it could really discourage opponents from trying to go into them um, with the amount of attacks original Sabretooth could get. But even with this one, again, just if you're on different parts of the board and you want to have influence in all these different areas, it, it could allow turns on these split Cs or D maps or B maps where if you have priority, you can attack on one side, but if there's a character with one damage on the other that you want to finish off so they can't counterattack you on the opposite side, you have a card like this that doesn't really have a lot of options to stop it. So I think I think it could be really, really effective in certain game plans for sure. Mm -hmm. I also think it, it's interesting that you can just have Sabretooth within, you know, covering range three of an objective that he's not on. And even if you moved him early for the rest of the turn, you have to think about this card if you want to put anybody on that objective. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about this card if you're going to attack Sabretooth, say he doesn't have the power for it. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's pretty interesting. So, um, let's not, let's not stick on it too much. Cause we have to, we have to finish these cards up here. Uh, there's one left. There's got to get some air. Um, so this is an unaffiliated reactive card. Uh, when any character ends in advance or is placed within range two of an allied Logan, uh, after the effect is resolved, Logan can play this card. Uh, Logan advances his speed away from the character that triggered this attack. He may, or this effect. He may not contest objective tokens this round. So I really like this. Um, I think it's pretty good. First of all, it's any character. It's not just enemy character. So you can use this as like a spider tracker sort of thing to like get away from somebody that wants to hit you. Um, it doesn't cost power. And on top of that, it's like, like you can actually use it as a way, first of all, to get Logan away from his friends. Um, the fact that it doesn't cost power means like, say, say you move Logan up to grab like an objective or something. Um, two things are now in play. If you have this card, if, if the enemy Malekith on the other side of the board wants to now, you know, charge you, um, the second he ends that move, uh, you can use gotta get some air and walk away with that objective that you're holding, or mm -hmm. you can have one of your friends walk up behind Logan. And, uh, depending on the angle that you walk within two of him, he can then walk away a different direction, still holding that objective token. So I think this is the turn one shenanigan play, uh, play that, that the other cards kind of were lacking. Um, uh, Curtis, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, the flexibility of it is really cool. And there's going to be a lot of different ways to take advantage of it. I, I like when I think about wanting to put Logan out on his own and maybe contest one flank while you're trying to win the other, it just gives him another card on top of exceptional healing uh, to potentially keep him safe defensively when he's there by himself. Uh, which I think is really strong. And again, with some of those other movement shenanigans that he gets, you know, maybe it combos with after he goes to the corner and gets a dossier off somebody <laughs> that helps him get back in the fight quicker. You know, there's lots of things that I think you can get out of this, and extra movement is always a big bonus. So I, I think it's a great card that will be stapled to him most of the time. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I and it makes sense that you can't contest objective tokens at, like after using it because there could be some crazy, like slingshot plays with, with this card if if that clause wasn't there. <laughs> but I still think that there are ways to enable his aggression uh, with with gotta get some air. Um, so so you can still slingshot him in, into crazy, you know, directions. But um, I don't know. There, this is a pretty interesting card, uh, Ben. What do you think? One of the things that I know that you were talking about for for some time was about that middle extract grab, and this, as you were you were mentioning, uh, keeps Logan safe, right? So now here's a character that's in affiliation with Weapon X uh, that you're that you're going to be able to run and grab that middle extract, knowing that Logan is going to be safe, um, you know, from a range two Malekith charge uh, or or some other you know charge it's going to end within two from from him so i think that's what i like about it you know it kind of keeps him him safe i also do like the idea that you know you had mentioned that you can actually get kind of cheeky and end someone you know within range two behind him and actually sling shot him forward maybe towards the end of the round mm-hmm. um and, and now that's you know some it's an extra free medium move Plus his range three attack that's going to teleport him, and and now that person, you know, as Curtis was saying, that's got the dossier that's all the way in the back. Now he's he's right on top of him. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like I, I like this card a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I think we're gonna we're gonna see some cool plays with it for sure. Um, and the fact that it's free, it's like I don't know. It's just that's really nice. This is yeah. like some some brotherhood stuff here. <laughs> right? We just get random <laughs> oh, free cards. I don't know about all that, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we should probably move on. That, that, that should, let's wrap up the, uh, the cards. Now that's our weapon X, uh, tactic card and, and saber tooth breakdown that went on a little longer than, than I anticipated. Uh, so I think we're going to spend the next like 20 minutes just talking about a force because we are sitting here with a, with a good a force player, who is currently tearing it up in the in the TTS league? Um, so uh, for starters, uh, Curtis, uh, I don't know if you did you play last season in TTS? No, this is my first season. Okay, so how long have you been playing Marvel Crisis Protocol? I've been playing for basically a year now. Okay, um, hasn't been a long time. Didn't come from a miniature game background. My uh, my brother in law got me into it, and we played casually, and then started going to tournaments. And you know, one thing led to another, and here we are. So it's uh, it's been a pretty quick but exciting journey so far. And uh, I started playing A Force. I wish it was some big brain thing, but I I won a tournament and had a store credit, and thought I think I'm going to buy She Hulk and try her out, and. Uh, <laughs> And that was about it. And that was, I think, six months ago. And I haven't stopped playing them since. So <laughs> so that's and where we are in, today. And fell in love. It was love at first sight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, what what is it about A-Force? Like, without being too specific, I guess, if, if you can, because um, we'll get into that. But, like, what is it about A-Force like their play style, their affiliation that, that really kind of like drew you in or has, has kept you uh, with the team? Well, from a game perspective, being able to have Hulks going around throwing people is probably the best part about this game. I mean, it's you, you don't find that 
in a lot of other places being able to do that. So that's just really cool. Um, I have a play style that I like to be quite defensive uh, and then have a lot of control options to be able to throw people around and get them off points and win without having to rely on dice. Because I think, you know, in this game, if you have to rely on dice to win games, uh, often they betray you (laughs) and having... Mm -hmm. Guaranteed card effects is really, really valuable to me. And so when you go down the list of A-Force characters, I mean, She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Medusa, Storm, Valkyrie, a lot of these characters have guaranteed character throws um, that are then funded by a leadership where if teams are attacking into them, all you're doing is fueling their control. And so those are some of the bigger reasons and some of the other ones are just their tactics cards are pretty awesome. You know, they have a drop off for She-Hulk and special delivery and they have like a full turn indomitable where none of the characters who are affiliated can be pushed or thrown. So I think it just, it really fit in with my play style. And I think that's part of the reason they were attractive from a thematic point of view, also from a play style point of view and then lastly, they're just, they weren't competitive in the meta. And so there's something about taking something a bit unexpected that as a newer player, I, I don't think I'm going to have any advantage playing Avengers against people who've been playing them for two years longer than I have. So I wanted to pick something that was maybe a bit unexpected, but still uh, could be very competitive at, at a high level. And, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. Hey, I can really, you know, I, I kind of resonate with what you're saying there with the, you know, you know, you're not going to become the top Cabal player, right? I mean, I guess Cabal is different because they have a new leadership, but Avengers is, is, is a great example. Like overnight, I guess, against these people that have been playing since release, you know, just pounding Steve games or Sam games for over a year now um, and, and kind of picking up something unexpected. Um I, I can relate to that a little bit. And uh, so do you think, uh, I, I mean, there was a big meta shift. Um, you know, there was the, the big rotation with all the tactic cards. And then there was about a month after that, there was the release of Malekith. Um, do you think these changes have, have been a positive thing for a force? Um, and I guess we'll talk about first the, the tactic card change before Malekith was out. Um, how, how did you react to the to the big rotation? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the rotation, I think overall was, I think it was good for A-Force because cards like Special Delivery and Stalwart Determination are quite strong. And so, yes, you know, maybe losing a field dressing on Hulk, sometimes that can hurt. But I think as I've played it out, um, it's a net positive. You know, Brace for Impact, Sacrifice are really good cards for me. Special Delivery and Stalwart are really good cards. And then new ones that have emerged like Fallback or Recalibration Matrix, you know, those cards have worked really, really well. And I think... Yeah, I just think that the control style they play, even too, when some cards like Climbing Gear are rotated out, um, 
there's definitely some net positives. I mean, it would seem like losing med pack is a bad thing when you're running two hulks, and I, I get that. But you know, I think any affiliation that already had strong tactics cards uh, benefited more than others because it didn't take away key parts of their game plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, and then. I guess really quick, the Malekith release. Do you think the Malekith meta specifically is something that A-Force is like prepared for? Oh, Shane, I love killing Malekiths. <laughs> there is nothing that brings me more joy in this game right now than seeing a Malekith on the other side of the table and knowing it's going to die. Um, it's it's the best part of the game for me. And I it's think you just gained curious. a lot of fans with that statement. <laughs> well, you know, it's nice being the good guy once in a while, right? You know, you're... <laughs> I think what Malekith does is two things. When Malekith came out and you listen to all the tech that works against Malekith, what I noticed is that my A-Force roster I was running prior to that probably had seven out of the ten options for dealing with Malekith. You know, you've got lots of bodyguards. You've got an affiliated black cat that can stagger. I run Hulk in my A-Force list. There were a lot of really positive things. And then on top of that, Malekith is also keeping a lot of other factions out of the game that A-Force doesn't like to go into. So affiliations like maybe Shadowland, Daredevil, or Guardians that go really wide and can burn down She-Hulk's three physical defense with a bunch of attacks and rerolls, the fact that they're not in the meta as much anymore is indirectly benefiting A-Force, I think. So I, I really believe A-Force is in an awesome position and the longer Malekith stays a massive threat in the game, I think the better A-Force will do. Nice. And then I guess, uh, do you want to talk briefly about your current list? Like, what are you running right now in the TTS League? Yeah, for sure. And and just a bit of background, I think what I used to run, I'm probably 70 games in with A-Force now. And I would say for the first 50 I built my list around special delivery, and it was a very standard A-Force list. So, you know, you take She-Hulk, you take a bunch of affiliated flying characters, and then add in the affiliated favorites like Okoye, uh, Medusa, Black Cat, and then you've kind of got probably one or two spots left for a bit of tech. And what I found was that I think it was a bit of a trap, and it's weird to say... But I think special delivery is actually the reason why A-Force hasn't been competitive over the last year. Mm. And so it's weird, right? It's their best tactic card. And so how is that holding them back? But I think what it does is it forces A-Force players into a perceived, this is how I should build an A-Force list. And I'm then going to take characters that don't fit my game plan like Crystal or Captain Marvel or Angela, for example. And I'm going to have them take up a bunch of spots in my list. And then I'm going to bring a six-threat leader beside those characters. And now I have almost no flexibility in my roster that I think it was just... It, it just wasn't worth how good special delivery is with how much of an impact it had on the mindset of a roster builder. So about, call it 20 games ago... Uh, I had this, it was a revelation, um, you know, my, uh, a good friend of mine, Vince Chan, we were talking about it and he said, you know, what does A-Force have that's special 
Like, why are you not just running Avengers? They fit your play style. They're defensive. They have a Hulk. Like, just run Avengers. What are you doing? What makes A-Force special? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I had to think about that one for quite a while. And what I got to was realizing a couple things. One is that they have two really good affiliated two threats. And so if the list, instead of being built around special delivery, was built around taking She-Hulk with Okoye and Black Widow as a 10-point core with a couple two threats that play on the board really well together. You know, Okoye wants to be in the fight and Widow wants to be kind of running around with objectives or uh, extracts or sitting on secures. Then what it allowed was, okay, that's, that's 10 threat, that's affiliated let's just bring in the best characters in the game that get absolutely broken when they get extra power from the leadership. So I hate to say it, but the big innovation here was let's cut out all those flyers that I, you know, that aren't great characters, but make special delivery work and just bring in Dr. Voodoo, bring in Hulk, (laughs) you know, (laughs) bring in Toad even. I mean, it's not like a, it's not something I'm necessarily proud of, but it certainly made the list a lot more competitive and it plays differently, but I think it plays a lot better. So um, with that being said, right now, my current list, I have She-Hulk and Hulk and then Scarlet Witch, uh, Dr. Voodoo, uh, Gamora, and then Storm, Black Cat, Black Widow, Okoye, and Toad. So... I run three two-threat characters, and then, you know, She-Hulk, Hulk, and Scarlet Witch is those high-threat characters to try to get them in. Um, really influenced by the Avengers list Morgan Reed was running last season, where he would try to run a couple two-threats to get in uh, Juggernaut and Hulk at the same time. Uh, in my last TTS game, I ran Hulk, She-Hulk, and then Widow, Okoye, and Toad at 18 on Gamma. And it was just awesome. Uh, Vince called it the Greenies and the Weenies lineup. Uh, <laughs> so I want to get that trademarked as soon as possible. Um, but the list, yeah, it really allows you know, a lot of good two threats and three threats that are mobile, good at objectives to run around and hold those things while the Hulks basically just activate last and chuck everybody uh, off the secures. So then... Uh, my tactics cards are Brace for Impact and Sacrifice. I switch from Patch Up to Sacrifice because uh, She-Hulk sometimes tends to die before she gets to use that, yeah. uh, use Patch Up. <laughs> um, and then I take Special Delivery and Stalwart Determination still. I take No More Mutants with Scarlet Witch and then Fallback, Recalibration Matrix. Uh, those are my defensive cards. And then I take Mission Objective, Eyes on the Prize, and Face Me as more of the objective-oriented games. So without Angela in my list, I don't have a center extract grab. So I use Eyes on the Prize with She-Hulk to be able to go up to the middle and get an extract and retreat if I need to. Uh, So that's a bit of tech there. And it also works with Hulk on hammers. He can start in the middle and grab the middle hammer in one of the side ones. So that that works well too. Um, And then finally for Secures and Extracts, Uh, The ones I always take for secures are Gamma Waves and Deadly Meteors. I think they're A-Force's best ones by far. 
And then right now I'm running intrusions open across city as seals collapse at 19 threat. Uh, but you could certainly run scoundrels, terraging clouds or spider infected or, or other common a force secures. And then for extracts, I run research station, uh, fear grips or hammers. And then I'm running alien ship crashes downtown, uh, which for a while was Montessi formula. And, uh, I've also run legacy virus as well in this list. So uh, in the TTS season where the rosters aren't fixed, I do tweak that third secure and third extract depending on the matchup for what I think might be most beneficial into my opponent. Okay. Um, ben, did you have a question that you wanted to uh, tag in for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the things that, that, that needs to be said um you know, Curtis and I met uh, one 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 beautiful day on the on the Looking for Game uh, uh, channel when I was testing my my mean winner guard list or what I thought was my mean winner guard list. You remember this, Curtis? Oh yeah, uh, the the Malekith across the table that you apologized for before the game. I, I yes, felt very bad about it. I felt I was I felt dirty, but I said you know I was I was prepping for for some thoughts, and I said you know. Winter guard with with Malekith. I thought this was a great idea, uh, and and Curtis, do you do you want to tell our, our good listeners how that ended for me? Um, yeah, Malekith died was KO'd on turn two. Um, <laughs> he he got aggressive going after an Angela and uh, was met with two Hulks in round one, followed by two Hulks again in round two. Uh, she-Hulk has that ability to add dice to her builder or spender equal to the size of the character she's punching. And so a couple 11 dice punches into Malekith uh, plus a size 4 terrain throw can burn him down pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, more more specifically, that, that first 11 die attack did... Do you remember how much damage that, that, that attack did on that first, that it, first one? What was it, like 6 or 7 or 8? It was a lot. Oh, I can tell you exactly what it is. It was ten out of ten. Uh, uh, that was that was. And uh, Curtis and I have, have, have spoken. I've not run Malekith since. Um, and and uh, Curtis hit me so hard that I've never played with Malekith again. So, and I'm thankful for it, Curtis. Thank you for you know hitting that that kitty out, out of my one, brain. But one less Malekith in the world. Well, one less look, Malekith. Yes. <laughs> I, I've said I've said all along. If we want to solve the Malekith problem in the game, the rule should be: if your Malekith dies on the table, you're never allowed to bring him again. Yeah, right. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah, he just gets KO'd. You can never bring him. Well, so I bring I bring that story up one because it's amazing, um, and and we just had a lot of fun and those lots of laughs. Um, but I, I want you, if you can, can you just talk a little bit about how you deal. With with the the boogeyman, right? Uh, of of maybe not just a Malekith, but but maybe other Hulks that you see across the board. Because I really thought in that game, your positioning and, and how you really formed, um, you know, your your kind of your strategy was was the most unique thing I've seen anyone deal uh, do it, to deal with with Malekith. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So my. My preferred strategy, like if I'm coming up with a game plan, by far my preferred one is to have a Koye and two Hulks, ideally, and then whatever characters need to make the threat. And on a scenario like Gamma, uh, like a map E, 
Uh, Okoye can kind of stand between the back secure in the middle and end up being able to protect all of the characters who are contesting the middle and all of the characters who are contesting the back point. And <clears throat> what that does is it it makes the opponent's first attacks typically go into Okoye, and there's nothing worse for a Malekith than having priority and knowing that you're going to daze a two-threat out of the deal. Um, on map C, and I think we were playing on intrusions at the time, but it works on uh, deadly meteors as well, is Okoye can stand in the middle of the center point and one of the outside points. And then if you can imagine the hulks are on kind of the inside part of the outside point, you know, and uh, they can basically have hulks on the middle point and outside point with Okoye being able to bodyguard both again. And so the the positioning on map C and map E where Okoye can be in the middle of everyone in a big ball and bodyguard them, uh, it really puts my opponents in an awkward position where when they have priority, they know they're going into Okoye. Usually that does something there. And if they try to get around that by throwing Okoye, I can bring cards like Fallback or Sacrifice that can divert attacks or pull people back into Okoye's bodyguard range. Um, basically, I'm just trying to create this defensive ball that makes my opponent's first activation really useless. And then I can activate last with one of my hulks, and they can basically displace anyone. And so as a control player, you want to activate last so that you can throw someone off and win the secures. But you also don't want your opponent's priority to completely murder you on the next turn. And so having that defensive ball with Okoye in the middle, uh, just it works really well. And it, it puts the opponent in a position where their priority, uh, they don't have a lot of good options to go into it. And, and, that, and I have a lot of good options to activate last. So that's, that's kind of the primary game plan and, and what worked uh, really well against Ben in that game. Yeah, well, and, and I, I thought it was so interesting, and, and maybe you could talk briefly about, about this kind of mindset as a, as a control player, was how you were even still willing to kind of give up you know, a few points on the board for just better positioning to set up you know, some really wonderful you know, combos and, and supreme, uh, positioning into, into turn two, into turn three. And I think you did that even, uh, even probably better against, against me in our, in the brotherhood game. And that was, uh, you know, it was, it was a clo I think that was a closer game than our winter guard game, but, uh, <laughs> that was much closer, but, uh, you know, that's something Curtis that I'm always just really impressed with you of, of how, sometimes you're, you're willing to kind of give up one thing for the sake of positioning. And I think most people who are control minded often just correlate control with getting points, but not necessarily overall position. So I, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that mindset comes from a lot of scars that many a port a force players have which is She-Hulk can just die. Yeah. And she can get absolutely mowed down by, you know, a Mystique and Malekith follow me turn with Dark Rain. I mean, she can go she can go from 0 to 20 damage immediately. 
Um, I've gone into Magneto where she's gone out of position and she just gets killed. And so at the end of the day, having lost enough times by She-Hulk just dying, often (laughs) scoring one point at some point in the game is not worth getting She-Hulk out of position, out of bodyguard range, out of fallback or sacrifice range, right? It's, I'll gladly give up one point in the beginning of the game if it means she's going to be alive uh, at the end of it. Because typically, if she makes it to the end of a game against an attrition team, uh, I've probably I've probably won on points. So, um, keeping her alive is priority number one, and I take probably way more defensive tech than I need to. In addition to my characters that bodyguard, um, and then the other part of it too is you can also use some of her control powers defensively. So, She Hulk is perfectly fine moving up to someone throwing them off of a point, and then moving back into bodyguard range. Uh, you know, what that does is a character might have to move and then attack, and that attack is going into a Koye. So y- you can really also use the slow that she puts on people or the character throws to keep a lot of space, uh, keep her in that defensive ball, and really just reduce the overall amount of attacks that can go into her. Uh, because at the end of the day, doing 20 damage to her isn't actually that hard. It's doing the 8 damage to Okoye, and then it's having a dice spike get nullified by recalibration matrix, and then it's having you know the sacrifice into Hulk when he has no damage because you've been focusing on Okoye. It's hard to get through all of that and kill her. And then as Hulks that don't daze, they're activating every turn, they're throwing size fours every turn. And over time, that control just really adds up, especially on secures like Gamma that are worth a lot of points or like Research Station that are worth a lot of points. Um, it, it just really adds up by the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I, I think you bring a, a really wonderful new vision to, to A-Force. I, I'm really... I, I've been so impressed. I've watched all, all all your games, you know, this season that that uh, that you've been able to stream and and have been able to play with you a couple times. Uh, I'm rooting for you, bud, and uh, I'm I'm real real proud of you. I said it's it's exciting to <laughs> to see you play. Yeah, thanks thanks so much. I mean, I've really enjoyed our games, and uh, it, it's been really cool having success with uh, with an affiliation that doesn't get a lot of love. But I think. Yeah, the direction of bringing in some lower threat characters to run a couple hulks has worked well. And, um, you know, not it's a good lesson for any affiliation, I think, that's struggling. If if it's not having a lot of success, challenge the core assumption. Mm. You know, and for A-Force, it's special delivery. And I don't know what it is for other affiliations, but challenge the core assumption and and see what you can do with that. I can complete, and I really relate to this because... All I could think when you were talking about the special delivery thing was was well laid plans. It was just over and over in my head was well laid plans with Spider Foes. Um, right. As soon as I dumped that card and stopped taking like auto taking Ock every game and forcing it every time, it seemed like you're supposed to take it. Uh, I just started having better results. Um, so I think that that is like a huge lesson from this is, uh, you know, coming into a new affiliation. There are certain things that you're going to hear from players uh, that are like the established norm and the things that you like should do. And I think sometimes breaking off from certain things can really 
open the affiliation up to you in, in a lot of ways. So um, I really liked hearing that. And um, I, I think the, the listeners are, are going to hopefully take some stuff away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I kind of wrapped up the questions that I had. Uh, I'm, I, I haven't gotten the chance to play you, Curtis. We got to catch a game sometime on TTS. Um, I would love to, uh, to, to see some, some of this elite a force in action. Although I've, I have seen it. I just haven't played against it and it looks terrifying. So I don't know how much I do want to play against it, but, but you seem like you'd be a fun opponent. Um, I, uh, I mean, Ben, did you have anything else you wanted to ask before we, you know, got closer to the end here? Curtis, come down to everywhere, man. Come, come down to Boston. Join us in, join us in Boston. It's, it's, it, I will say Boston is closer than Las Vegas. So yeah, it is much closer. And it's, oh, a, it's a Las Vegas qualifier. So maybe you get, I don't know if yeah. you already have one or not, but it, maybe you can come and win and then you don't have to pay for your ticket. Although you probably already have, but <laughs> I, I qualify. Yeah. In my second tournament, I qualified for LVO at one of the, the local tournaments uh, here. Okay. And that was, like for me, that was a really big push to try to get good at the game, because I thought, you know, if I can go to Vegas playing this silly game, and you know, my wife can come with me, and our we can ditch our three kids with the grandparents for five days, that would just be hilarious. And it ended up coming true, and we're gonna do it in January. And uh, I just wanted to be as competitive as possible before then, so uh, I've been putting in it. the reps and trying to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll be rooting for you. Yes, yeah, we're you, you. You've got two fans over here, so we uh, we're rooting for you, bud. Awesome. Well, that's that's very nice of both of you, and I definitely love to get a game in, Shane. Absolutely. I mean, I do envy you a little bit that hearing you talk about how, like, you were hearing people say the the good answers to Malekith and realizing you have so many of them in your affiliation. I had like the opposite at the time, where I was like, <laughs> I'm looking at foes, and I'm like, I don't have any of these things. What the <laughs> heck do I do? Um, but no, I mean, I think I agree. I mean, uh, even early on, people are saying, oh yeah, She-Hulk is, is a, is a solid piece. And it would make sense that, you know, the further you look at A-Force, the, the more answers you can kind of find in there. Um, but yeah, but Ben, anything else? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Just, uh, uh, Vince, if, if, if Vince is listening to this or Curtis, just tell Vince, just let me win. Just, uh, just, just. <laughs> Just let me win, and and then we'll be good. Uh, I I don't think I've I don't think I've beat a Canadian in like years. It feels like I just can't I, I can't beat Canadians. I don't know what it is. So, uh, did you have any Did you have any plugs you want to do? Uh, uh, no, you know what? I think I've uh, I've become a regular now on on Blackfire Productions Battle Reports. So if you want to check out Blackfire Productions YouTube page. Uh, Adam does some awesome battle reports on there that I got to actually learn the game watching the battle reports. And then I learned that Adam lived 20 minutes away from me and I had no idea. So, um, you know, it's, it's been very cool coming full circle, being able to play on those, uh, you know, and try to, to teach some people who are new to the game to see uh, a more casual play style and, and not just watch uh, voodoo and black cat and Hulk come every game. Uh, (laughs) But you know, I'm I'm also embracing the uh, embracing the competitive side right now, and realizing that uh, 
sometimes just don't overthink it and throw voodoo in the list. And uh, he does a <laughs> lot of crazy things with 10 power and a force. Um, it, it gets absurd when you can double possess and pick up extracts and throw people off points. It's uh it's pretty nuts. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking to break the game with an affiliation that doesn't get a lot of love. And, uh, and I've had a lot of fun doing it and encourage everybody else, you know, put the reps in with an affiliation and, uh, challenge some assumptions and kind of see what you can come up with. It's, uh, it's pretty rewarding getting through it and uh, getting some success with it. So I've had a lot of fun doing it and want to continue that. I can okay. second. Uh, oh yeah, I, I just want to second Blackfire Games. I mean, like I said uh, Adam does a great job, and I've been a big fan of his. And I, I think he's you know, easily got the best battle reports on on YouTube. So um, yeah, go watch him and 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 watch Curtis. I think you're on there twice now, right? So. Yeah, on there twice. We'll be a third soon. And if you want to watch uh, what happens when She-Hulk play goes wrong, there's a great video where I play A-Force and get absolutely mauled by Magneto. So it uh, prepared me well for my game against Ben in the TTS League, thankfully. But now it's... Uh... Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> hated it. I mean, I loved it and then hated it. Uh, it was. It was, It was awesome. That's it. That's it for me. I'm done. All right. Well, uh, as always, thank you again, Curtis, for for coming out and joining us tonight. This was a wonderful chat for everybody listening. Uh, you know, give us a rating on wherever you're listening to us. Give us a subscribe if it's on YouTube. This has been a uh, a really fun chat, and uh, yeah, we're gonna sign off now. This is uh, Shane and Ben joined by Curtis saying good night. Thank you.